I'm Beverly Clark and I'm the Computing at School National Community Manager. And in this CAS Inspire story, we will be shining a light on another inspiring educator, Bethan Ware, in which she will be asked to share what has led her to her career in education, her hopes for the profession, successes, challenges faced and how they were overcome, along with tips for new entrants into the profession and how to encourage a diverse and inclusive learning environment. I hope you enjoy listening and consider joining the Computing at School community afterward. My guest today is Bethan Ware. Welcome, Bethan. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. So I will now share a short biography of Bethan with you. Bethan Ware is a primary school teacher in Wales. She is a Key Stage 2 leader and whole school assessment coordinator. Bethan is passionate about enabling and encouraging teachers to use innovative strategies and technology within their practice. Bethan is also a social media influencer and is highly regarded by primary teachers and educators on Instagram under the alias at 10 Minute Teach. At the start of lockdown 3.0 in the pandemic, Bethan took a lead in the educator Instagram community and set up remote daily check-ins to support teachers with making the most of tech during the pandemic and ultimately really helping their students. So Bethan, your contribution to supporting others is admirable and I'm really, really impressed by what you've done and I'm sure our listeners will be also. Could you share with our leaders, um, can you share with our listeners please, what has led you to set up 10 Minute Teach? Um, first off, thank you for such a, a lovely introduction. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of 10 Minute Teach, I originally what, um, set it up in lockdown 1.0 um, because I knew I had a lot of parents um, with friends that were parents, parents chatting to me as a teacher saying, we don't really don't know what to do. How can we make homeschooling engaging to us and uh, to our children? Um, so I set up the page primarily for parents um, just to give them sort of some idea of activities that they could do at home that would still lead their children to make progression. Um, then, obviously, none of us knew that we were going to have a second lockdown or even a third lockdown. <laughs> I started to, to shift really into remote learning and how I could help teachers in order to, to provide that remote teaching in an easy engaging way and um, so I sort of made this gradual shift into being less for parents and more for fellow teachers um, and definitely like you said the last lockdown it, it just took a whole other level of shift where I did the daily check-ins I provided some hints and tips just to make that workload a little bit easier to make it engaging um, and yeah it was just really lovely to be part of that whole movement on Instagram. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, I've had the pleasure of joining in and observing some of the remote daily check-ins. Can you share with our listeners some of the topics which were covered at the remote daily check-ins? Yeah, well, we started off, um, firstly, that I was just sharing tips as, as, a, as a post. So whatever tip that I was currently using that helped me on my day-to-day -day work, I would then share that as a, as a post. So, for example, how to share just a section of a YouTube clip rather than, you know, adverts, the whole clip for my children mm -hmm. to use. Um, you know, Chrome extensions that I found really useful, like Moat for uh, marking. And then I asked some other Instagram influ influencers that I knew were really 
confident with ICT and, you know, had made great steps in, in terms of ICT to just join me on IGTV Lives. So we would then discuss what are they using and then how, what tips would they give to other educators about that particular Chrome extension or program or platform. Um, so, yes, that was really interesting. We had Google Classroom tips from both Huawei in Dubai and the UAE, which was really exciting. But, you know, we all know as technological people, that could be a little bit um, hard to do with the with the distance and the stopping and starting of the life. But that was really fun. Um, we had Loom extension looked at um, and um, plenty of, of but we had the Loom extension looked at and Moat spoke through. We looked at sharing of apps that enhance learning. Um, we did lots of early years talks because early years is massive on Instagram um, where we looked at Teams. So all the platforms were covered, really. I tried to make sure that we were inclusive as possible to schools in Scotland, England, Ireland, Wales. We had somebody from all of those areas to talk about really what was going on in that area and how to use all the different platforms that people could be potentially using. That's fantastic. That's really, really great. Just for our listeners, can you just expand and just give us a sort of a, a headline? What is IGTV Live? Okay, so IGTV Live is um, on the app of Instagram. There is an option to have a live conversation with all of your listeners and followers. So we would log on to Instagram Live. I made sure that there was opportunities for 24 hours to ask questions. So, for example, we had Mr. Minchin, who is a fantastic Scottish teacher in terms of technology. He's always sharing the latest things. I spoke to Mr. Minchin. He was sharing something called ThingLink, which is a, a platform that children can, can see an interactive version of their classroom and click on all of the activities through there. So I asked him, would you, would you mind coming on to IGTV and talking a little bit about that. So I then put that Mr. Minchin would be joining us and talking about ThingLink. Does anyone have any questions? So the 24 hours before, we'd collate all of those questions. The IGTV was at the same time every single day, so everyone could have that daily check in time um, and ask any questions that they wanted to, either during the live or, or before. And it essentially works out like a little interview, half-hour interview between me and the person sharing their, their tips where people can then comment as the live stream is going on just to sort of get through the clarification of a point. Uh, that is excellent. And I, I know the teachers have really um, felt the benefit, and as you've mentioned, far and wide from, you know, United Kingdom all the way across to Dubai and beyond. Um, you've also mentioned that EYFS, so that's the early years foundation stages, is you know is a massive community on Instagram. So could you share with our listeners a bit more about what the EYFS community is like on Instagram and the types of activities which you know you promote to support EYFS teachers? Yeah, it's um, obviously I'm a key stage two leader, so. My head and my um, thought process really are always surrounding Key Stage 2. But there are so many teachers on Instagram um, that I talk to and, and we've done collaborations with. I, I find EYFS a very visual um, area to be working in anyway. So it lends itself so well to the Instagram community because people are sharing posts of, for example, they could continuous provision areas some activities that they're doing they share videos of, of how they can um how you can engage learners in certain ways how you can use practical resources um 
so yeah, it's it's a fantastic resource. If somebody was an EYFS teacher and they hadn't looked on Instagram, there's so many great accounts to follow and, and just share and be part of that sharing themselves because I think the, the community, I think you would agree probably Beverly as well, it's such an inclusive and positive community that it doesn't matter if you have 10 followers, 10,000 followers or 100,000 followers, you are welcome on there to share your expertise. Absolutely. From my own experience, I joined Instagram just over a year ago and it's been a very welcoming community and I've made lots of lovely Instagram friends and you know yeah. some of them such as yourself I'm now interviewing so it's been really really good so I, I would encourage other educators and teachers to dip into the Instagram world. Okay so Beth let's take you back a bit how long have you worked in education and what led you into a career in education? Um, I qualified uh, in the summer of 2009 I got my first post then starting in September 2009 um, my original degree was in educational psychology and my path was very much that I was going to go down the educational psychologist route that's what I wanted to be um, but for my dissertation I looked at the inclusion of SEM pupils it was called then at the time inclusion of SEM pupils in mainstream classes um, and I went to a speech and language unit to, to sort of do my case study there and I just remember watching the teacher seeing their influence and the impact that they had on those children and thinking do you know what this isn't the ed psych route isn't the way I want to go I want to make a difference day to day and build that rapport for the children that obviously you know ed psychs as much as were the best will in the world mm. they don't they're not with them every day um and that just I think that sparked something in me to think wow these children are having you know there's a direct impact on, on those children and they just absolutely adore their teacher you know you I just I just felt from that moment you know this is the route I want to go down I hope that our listeners listening to this you know some you know we'll get more people joining the you know, education sector because that's a really good way of summing up you know by that giving to the sector so Beth what was your experience of using tech and and, and computing like at school was there any experience of it? I, I, I reflect on this quite a lot um, because we've got a lot of change in Wales um, coming through the new curriculum. We've got the DCF coming through and I was just reflecting on it upon it the other day. I remember being in year four, so this is 1995. I was in year four and I remember being, we, we had a computer delivered to the classroom <laughs> and we had to be the first person to finish the work. I remember desperately trying to finish my work so that we could play on the computer, which playing was essentially writing your story on a word processor or go, taking part in this sustainable future, sort of try, make your own choice game. <laughs> and there were only two options that we could go on, but I remember everyone just being absolutely desperate to finish their work first. Then you'd have to take your name off to a rotor. You'd done your technology that week. So... You know, you weren't allowed until next week. So you think, oh, well, I won't bother trying to finish quicker now then. <laughs> and I just think it's just amazing how far that it's come since then. You know, the I know we've spoken about the difference between Wales and England. You know, Wales have put a, a huge, huge importance on computing now, um, which is amazing for, for Wales and, and really 
important for people like me that are enthusiastic about computing and understand the importance of technology with our learners. Um, but yeah, computing for me in school, then I went to comp and, you know, we, we did IT lessons and we did one every week and it was amazing that we did one every week. Um, I did my GCSEs in, in, in ICT and computing and then start, started my teacher training, um, which again, the thing I would say is just ever-changing, just constantly, I mean, mm. even now with the, the new things in place, is ever-changing because technology is ever-changing. Um, but yeah, 2008 curriculum, when I was training, it was very IT-focused again in Wales. We had to include some sort of element of, of IT in our lessons and our planning. Um, and I think that sort of has been built upon now with the new curriculum. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, when you were speaking just now, you mentioned the DCF. So yeah. for our listeners, could you just expand more but just about what that means? So Yeah. Um, in Wales, we've got a new curriculum. We had a curriculum review a couple of years ago uh, with Professor Donaldson, and he said that the one, the main, um, one of the one of the most important things, sorry, would be we had to make sure we had 21st century learners and that the curriculum review showed that the new curriculum had to place literacy, numeracy and digital skills at the forefront. Um, so our literacy framework and our numeracy framework is there and the digital competency framework is used alongside cross-curricularly to make sure that our children can do things digitally just as well as they can do things literally, you know, for literacy and numeracy. And that's really come through on your 10-minute teacher count with supporting teachers with those, you know, da daily check-in lear learning tips. That's really, really great. So there's a, there's a full threading through there, really. Um, so just, so what challenges do you think you faced or in your career so far? Um, I, I would say really, as teachers, I think we all go into the profession because we're caring, you know, we want to make a difference um, and we go in with the best intentions that we want to cater for all children and all children to feel special, all children to make progress, include, you know, it's including them all as, as much as we can. And I think the biggest challenge I had was realising that you can't always do the best for all children all of the time. You can set that as a as a target, but I particularly find that you know when we're differentiating lessons, um, when you're perhaps looking at captivating an interest of a, a group of children, you're not always going to captivate all children. You know they've all got different interests. When you're um, perhaps doing a numeracy lesson, you've differentiated for all children. But you'll always have those children, perhaps that are a bit disengaged for, for whatever reason. I think that's quite a hard pill to swallow as a teacher, because that's why you go into it, and you you constantly have to have that faith. You know, I'm doing it because I want to make the difference to all the children. Mm -hmm. When you're constantly battered down with, well, sometimes they just won't be engaged, even if you put the best lesson on in the whole world. You know, sometimes they've got other little things going on in their heads that you know, you, you can't you can't help with. But if you always set that target of helping everyone and doing the best what you can that, that you can for every child, I think that, that is a, a huge challenge to overcome. And I would say that might be a reason why lots of teachers leave the profession. I, I'm going to agree with you there. It's that you know you've summed it up really nicely with that realization. It isn't teaching isn't just about subject knowledge. It's an awful lot more that goes on within a teaching career and it's the social aspects and supporting young yeah. people through so much more than just 
you know, understanding a concept, for example, and that, that's a very yeah. key point. So, Bethany, could you share, you know, in your role as a Key Stage 2 leader, whole school assessment coordinator, could you develop upon that and share with our listeners, please, what that entails in terms of leading Key Stage 2 and what does assessment coordination? Yeah, um, so in terms of Key Stage 2, um, well, any sort of leader, when I have discussions with my middle leaders, we are all leaders because we're leading 32 children. You know, everyone is, has got a leadership aspect to their job, whether they're a TA, a teacher or, or middle management. Um, so it's basically looking at the wider wider school life, really, than, than my own classroom. So in terms of well-being for key stage two children, in terms of making sure that they're all making progress, um, consistency is a huge part of my, my role as well. I'm in quite a large primary school. We've got 526 children on roll. So my department is around 250 children, which is sometimes bigger than some prim whole primary schools put together. Um, so you've got a lot of children. Make sure you know the names of and their family dynamics and issues that could be going on. Um, you've got a lot of staff, um, part-time staff as well, that you know need to make sure that everything's consistent. So, yeah, I mean... That in itself is, is challenging. And when you then put on top, I want to do the best for everybody all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you can re soon realise that, yeah, it's not it's not really, you, you can't maintain that, um, <laughs> that really. But you try, you try your best. In terms of the assessment, whole school assessment, I'm responsible for all the data. So when reporting to... We have Dewey in Wales, so that is our assessment system. I'm not entirely sure what it is in England or Scotland or Ireland, but we report to them at the end of the year. We give them our targets for every child, end of phase. So I do all of the, the analytical side of that um, and make sure then that teachers have their progress reports and their, ch their focus children then really. Um, it's a lot of thinking, right, okay, this child needs a bit more progress there because he's going to make... 0.6 progress and this child needs to make 0.5 progress so this cohort needs to make sure that we focus on science you know it's it's i find it i'm a little bit geeky in that sense i kind of data and <laughs> the, the twiddling around so yeah Thank you so much for sharing that and, you know, re-emphasizing the point about realistic expectations within teaching. You've also mentioned that you've got very big cohorts within your school. And I'm just wondering how you encourage a diverse and inclusive learning environment uh, within your classroom. And, you know, within also what the whole school policies there are to encourage that sort of environment. Yeah. Um, I mean, wait, the, the primary school that I'm in, has very, very low BAME. Um, it's predominantly a white, affluent area. Um, but I think that really highlights the importance of making sure you've got a diverse, inclusive environment. There's a huge uh, movement currently on Instagram that, uh, that, that stemmed from last June with Black Lives Matter that teachers are asking themselves, which rightly so, Oh, how much are we doing to create a diverse environment? You know, what books are you using to share with children? Are you using, you know, where the character is a white male? Or are you looking for those books that are showing? I think there's a gorgeous one. I can't think of the, the woman's name who's who's written the book. And it's about a little girl and it's the main character is a black little girl and her best friend is a white girl 
the blonde hair. And she said, I wish I had hair like you, straight white blonde, ha blonde, uh, blonde hair. I don't like my curly hair. And it's about that they swap hair for the day, so the magic hair swap. And <laughs> that, that sort of did the rounds of Instagram quite a lot. A load of Instagram influencers, teachers, contributed to lesson ideas that they would use for their area. So EYFS teachers contributed what they would do in their continuous provision areas. And myself as a key stage two, I said what I would do with that book, with that picture book. And then I, I wish I could think of her name, but the woman who had written it shared it then. She she so she gave it as part of her package. She found that we were tag, we tagged her in it. And um yeah, she shared it as part of if you were buying this book, please look at this resource that all of these teachers have put together. It's really great to hear that, Bethan, and I'm sure our listeners can find a post on your Instagram, which will share that um, book story with, with them. They can find that book story there. That's really, really great. Um, so I've got just a couple more questions for you before we go to our quick fire round. So what would you say to a new share with a new teacher um, coming into your school? There, Generally, lots of new teachers get given the computing role at school. I mean, how do you feel about that? What's the practice in your school? And if a new, a new young teacher finds himself given the computing role, how, how could they approach this? Um, it, it's funny you should say that, Beverly, because I was given that role when I was an NQT. <laughs> and I had it for a couple of years then until I had my TLR. So, yeah, I, I would say three things. And I would say, regardless of whatever leadership, um, subject you're given, particularly more important when you when you're given computing, you do three things. So you you look at firstly what have you got so far you, so to create your vision. What does your school need? What is the history of the school's computing? And what have you got so far in terms of skills and resources? So that could be teacher skills audit or resources audit. That gives you your starting point then. Maybe. Secondly. I think you self-assess yourself. So you use a toolkit, you you, you look at your own self-assessment um, in order to create just some action points or mini steps of where you'd like to be by the end of the year. Don't get overwhelmed by that, but, you know, rag rate those, so prioritise them, Red, you know, this this is a real issue that I need to confront straight away. This one's green, it's, it's fine, I, I just need to keep an eye on this one. Um, and that sort of breaks things down and gives you a clear direction to go into. And then lastly, just help ask for help or support whenever you need, because I think as NQTs and, you know, if you're RQTs and you've just been given a subject to lead, you think, I want to do a good job of this and I don't really want to ask for any help. But computing is a huge subject. You're dealing with so many different agencies. You're dealing with any sort of um, uh, external company that perhaps looks after your hardware. You're dealing with budgets, which is... A huge thing really in terms of other subjects you know you might get given a hundred pound art budget but you've got thousands of pounds in a in a computing budget hopefully you know <laughs> if some schools are lucky in terms of that you're making purchases of chromebooks of ipads you know that, that, that take a lot of slt communication with and sometimes you're going to need extra time and you're going to need to know, you know what is your projection of your budget for next year that is going to impact heavily on on your plan so yeah, I would say there are three main sort of things. Get your starting point, get your mini action plan, and then lastly, ask for help and support whenever you need it. Thank you. That is really concise. 
advice there. So Bethan, this has been really inspiring and very, very interesting speaking with you. And I'm sure our listeners will agree. Are you ready to play a quick fire round in one word answers? I will give it a go. <laughs> Who inspires you in education? One way to answer that I probably couldn't give you, I would say any of the Instagram educators, like we said previously, is such a positive environment, especially when the world perhaps is looking negatively on teachers. It's just such a lovely place to be sharing and, and developing connections with. It's, it's great. All of them inspire me. Thank you. What is your most treasured classroom possession? My upcycled desk with my name on it, because everything else goes walkies, so my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, an upcycled desk. That's, that's great. That's a good one. What is your favourite app? <laughs> Need we ask? <laughs> Ooh, yes, I would say Instagram, but if we weren't talking about Instagram, I'd say probably um, Talker or uh, iMovie. Just it's a great way of hooking children, especially primary school. And the younger you go, the more amazed they are, where you can actually get a picture of somebody and then make their mouth move and eyes move. and they, they sort of think it's the character from their book talking to them. It's great. Oh, wow. I'll have to try that one. What is your favourite computing or technological movie? I did watch. It's not so much computing, I suppose, but it's the, the, sh the big short, which is all the data side of things. I quite, mm -hmm. I quite like it. It's all that sort of anything like that, because I think it's just my data assessment heart, like how, how things are worked out, algorithms and things like that. I would, I would say that one. Very much computing, data and algorithms, very much yeah. computing. Yeah. So, yeah, excellent. Uh, what's your favourite soundtrack? Do you know what? I've got to be, I've got to confess, my, one of my favourite things I can put on is the Bodyguard soundtrack. I just mm. love it. <laughs> I love it. I could listen to it all day. <laughs> good choice, good choice. If you could invent something to make your work better, what would it be? Something to help with marking. I noticed the, the moat extension that I used um, across remote learning where you literally press the button and you go, hi, whoever, this is a great piece of work. I really like how you've done this. Look at the sentence. Blah, blah. You can just get so much across in a, in a moat extension. So if I could create something that was exactly the same and each child have each one of these so they could hear that individually, it, my wish is that, every child on a one-to-one device so they could QR code scan it and listen. that might be a bit more than even an invention so yeah. <laughs> okay who was your biggest role model growing up I think lots of people say this but my family they, they mm. just wanted me to do the best that I could they brought me up to be kind to be honest and I never wanted to let them down so I think yeah, that they, they were my biggest role models. Absolutely. So important to have a strong family unit there and people that, you know, that could support you. That's Many people do say that. So what top books would you recommend on education? Um, there's a book that we're currently reading in school at the moment. We're doing um, pedagog pedagogical principles, uh, action research, and it's called Blended Learning in Action. It's by Tucker Wyckoff and Green. That's a great read at the moment, particularly with everything that's going on in terms of blended learning. Really describes what it what it is, how it could look in your classroom, and we're sort of going it by it chapter by chapter at the moment in, in school, and it's, it's quite inspiring. Okay, thank you for that. So, Beth, uh, just a couple more. Have you got a favourite day of the week? I would say I think this again is lots of people. It's Friday. You, you have a laid back day in work. The kids are just just 
so lovely. They know it's Friday. You get to do lovely things. You've kept all the nice things for Friday. And then, you know, you've got your full weekend ahead of you. It's just such a lovely feeling. <laughs> Friday feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I think you have sort of touched upon this about best bits of advice ever given to you in your career. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add, um, perhaps, or, uh, that could inspire new entrants into the profession? Um, or is, is there anything else you want to add around? Uh, I would say, yeah, the, the, the one thing I was told was you, people will forget what you've said, but they, you, they will never forget how you've made them feel. And I really think as a teacher with children um, and a leader with staff members underneath you, if you follow that, you can never go wrong. I mean, if you make children feel like they're cared for, they're special, they're valued, as well as your staff when you're a leader, I think you can't go far wrong. Bethan, that is so heartwarming. Thank you very much. It's been great to interview you. I do hope that our listeners will join us again soon for another Cas Inspire story. Bethan Weir, thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you.